This is the Mark D Show, hosted by a guy who played a decent game of Big Brother. Now here he is, Mark of BBCan7. Well, hello again. My name is Mark D. I played last season of Big Brother Canada, and it is that time of week again where we talk with another past Big Brother player about the week's events in the BBCan house and discuss the performance of each player left in the game and what they need to do to better their game. Just a heads up, if you have not watched episode 9, that's tonight's episode of Big Brother Canada, we do talk in this episode about who won the HOH. Now, on the last episode of the Mark D Show, I was joined with Kiki of BBCan7, and here's some of what she had to say about Min Lee's game. She has been working day in and day out. Hasn't been getting too close to anybody. The only person she's kind of closest to would be Jamar. And even at that, they kind of have a hate map. Neither one of them fully trust each other. I mean, it's like you and me, for Christ's sake. Now, to hear the rest of that episode, go to my social media, The Mark D Show. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. The links are all in my bio. You can check out all the other episodes over there. You can also go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Search The Mark D Show and hit subscribe. That'll automatically notify you the next time an episode comes out. On this episode, I am so delighted to be joined with the shark, the finesse master, the mastermind himself, runner-up of BBCan7, Anthony Douglas, a.k.a. Dougielicious. What it do, baby? I'm cooped up in the house. ISO mode. You know what that's like. I'm Big Brother, though, man. That means you've got a lot of time to think, and thinking is a terrible thing to do sometimes. Facts, facts, facts. So, this is episode 12 now. We have so much to talk about. We're going to recap the past week's events in the Big Brother house, and then with this podcast, we talk about every single player in the house. So whether they are your favorite player or my favorite player or they are playing terribly or they're playing incredible, every single player, we will chat about them and where they're going wrong, what they're doing right. And, uh, you know, if Dougie Licious was in their ear, what would change, if you will? you got to remember, right? Like, I'm a bit of a different breed. So, you know, like if I'm in the house, first of all, everything's run completely different. You know, it's not going to, the people you see in charge are not going to be in charge. Um, it's going to be a totally different ball game. But with the players that are in the house this year, I really liked how it was going from the beginning. And then, I, I don't know, man, they hit a pothole somewhere and they kind of steered out of the way. But hopefully somebody grabs the wheel. Yeah, man. I think the air in that house was beginning to not get circulated correctly and it was getting to people's heads. So quick recap of the past week. And we saw... Coming off of Chris's HOH, we saw an HOH with a bunch of balls in the backyard, and Sheldon won the HOH, albeit he didn't really win because he wanted to. He won simply because he was just the last person to have his tube filled up, which basically showed a lot about the house guests. It was almost like they gave him the HOH. What do you think about this kind of HOH, like this style of HOH? I mean, it's very exposing, right? Like... You clearly saw nobody really cared if Sheldon won HOH. At the same time, it's a good time to really test somebody to see where their head's at. Because, you know, somebody who's saying they're good with everybody is eventually going to have to have their cards pulled. So I think it was a good competition so people could really watch and see who's kind of against who, who's rooting for who, and and where everybody's head's at. Um, I think Sheldon should not have won this competition, but like like you said, he didn't really have a choice. 100% agree with you there. Sheldon had absolutely no business winning that comp. I would go so far as to say Sheldon should probably have been putting balls in his own tube. However, we all know (laughs) the rule was you're not allowed to do that, so he couldn't go ahead and do that. And then we're going to fast forward to the nominations. So he nominates Maddie and Rianne. And then we have an interesting veto situation where every veto player is allowed to choose another veto player to keep them safe. So Maddie chooses John Luke. Min Lee's in the veto, and she chooses Vanessa. We'll talk about that in a bit. But we find out that Maddie wins, and that saves John Luke. Because Maddie and Rianne are on the block. Yeah. So Maddie gets to pull herself off. John Luke can't be the back door. What do you think about Sheldon renominating Min Lee? He's trying to play the middle and get no blood on his hands and, you know, ride this whole wave of everybody think that Min Lee is expendable. But at the same time, he's not thinking of his game in the long run. Because if he was thinking of his game in the long run, he should know that the vibe in the house is that Min Lee doesn't really have any allies. Min Lee doesn't have any ride or dies who are, you know, working hard to make sure she stays in the house. She's just a wild card. A wild card is a perfect 
opportunity for an HOH to take advantage of. And I think he should have solidified some sort of a low-key truce, and he probably should have taken out a bigger target at this point. You know what? Part of me agrees with you there with the whole, you know, he should have backdoored Chris. Chris didn't really have anyone on his side, and it would have looked good on his resume, and he wouldn't have drawn too much blood around the house. But Min Lee is also a bit of a ticking time bomb, if you will. It's like, are you absolutely sure she's on your side? Like, she runs around the house, and she stirs up a lot of drama. Maybe that sort of scared Sheldon a little bit. Yeah, but she was really cocky at the beginning. Some people, when they go in the house, not me. (laughs) <laughs> but some people, when they go in the house, when they start doing things, they get a little bit cocky. And I feel that Min Lee was cocky until she was humbled by the entire house. To basically have everybody looking at you like, yeah, you're kind of expendable. That's a real punch to the face. Anyone who's touched the block, I mean, I, I can't speak for myself, but anybody who's touched the block or felt that kind of anxiety where you're by yourself and nobody's really rocking with you, it'll change your entire game and the, and the way you play. Me, for example, I would have completely taken advantage of that. I would have brought Min Lee in and I would have made her feel safe with me because there's so many what ifs or just in cases that could happen. Being good across the board is where you need to be and he could have found a more expendable target so we find out that min lee does indeed go up sheldon just basically tells min lee straight up yeah you're expendable which i don't know if that was the greatest choice of words but whatever the case is min lee's going up for all intents and purposes min lee was probably going home the votes versus rianne was not looking good for min lee min lee decides to call a house meeting and this is where things just completely blow up out of control man i mean twitter (laughs) is divided the world is divided it's literally coronavirus on one side and the uh house meeting blow up on the other they're pretty much neck and neck the two biggest things in news around the world yeah (laughs) and when i say the world i mean canada let's talk about this so a house meeting is called and really the point of the house meeting was to air out everybody's dirty laundry vanessa has been acting a bit shady you know it's big brother you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes you get caught in a bit of a white lie here and there and sometimes you get caught in a whole bunch of lies and vanessa was being confronted min lee chose vanessa because Min Lee thought, you're my ride or die, right? Now, Min Lee gets a little suspicious, like, hang on a second, I think you're working with other people, you're not as close with me as I thought, and that's when Jamar gets angry, and then there's jabs thrown between Jamar and Kyle. I was watching the live feeds as this was happening, and then all of a sudden the live feeds shut off, and then when they're turned back on, I believe it's a day later, we find out that Jamar has been expelled. Anthony, you have the floor, take it away, my man, what are you thinking? I mean, it's absolutely catastrophic. I think that when you sign up for Big Brother, all these people claim to be fans. They love the show and they have their favorite players. And, you know, they've watched. They have their experience. When you sign up to jump into the deep end with a bunch of sharks, you have to understand what you're getting yourself into. You are going into a house with lies, manipulation, backstabbing. You are going into this house knowing that eventually you are going to have to hurt everybody that loves you. Everybody that was good to you, people that were loyal to you, you know that there can only be one winner. So people are going into this house with this mindset that they want $100,000. You mean to tell me that all of these guys raised their right hand and said, I want to sit in on this house meeting, and jabs start getting thrown, and then people start acting like victims? I just don't understand. If anybody had called the house meeting in our season, I would have been the first one there waiting. I love confrontation. I, I love arguing and having discussions. And I would have had no problem covering my tracks during an argument. These guys are like feeling uncomfortable and basically trying to avoid confrontation just because they're scared of being aired out, which I get. But at the same time, this is what you signed up for. This is the ring. Like, it's time to throw blows. I'm very hurt that it turned out the way that it did. I think there might be a little bit more to the story. But either way, I don't think either of them should have been taken out. And I think it was two alphas battling back and forth. And this is what happens with trash talk. You know, I don't know if everybody's played sports before, but this is normal. (laughs) This is absolutely light. You should have let the two Brahma Bulls argue with each other. You know what I mean? But there's rules and there's lines that can't be crossed. And I understand that side of it as well. Agreed. And you know what? Ultimately, everyone's going to have their opinion on Twitter or this opinion and that opinion. That's fine. We live in a free country where everyone's allowed to host their opinions. The real truth lies somewhere in the middle of two stories. You know, they say there's two sides to every story. There is Kyle's side and there's Jamar's side and the truth lies somewhere in between. They know exactly what happened down there and we're going to have to leave it at that. But I do agree with you, Anthony. None of them should have been evicted. I would have loved to have seen a quick apology, rub some dirt on it, get back on the field and play this one out. Yeah, just a little slap on the wrist. 
you know, let Aaron go on the thing. Listen, no more. You guys are dancing on a very thin line. And first of all, you're going to be on slot for the rest of the day. And if this happens again, you guys are out. Boom. Nothing like that will happen again. You know what I mean? You took out arguably two of the biggest players for the viewers and for the game for what seems to me nothing. But at the same time, people have jobs and, you know, production did what production did. I personally don't think that it should have happened that way. And I'm going to leave it at that. So we find out that Jamar gets expelled after the house meeting. Kyle is there for another day and a bit. And then he gets called in to the DR and feeds shut down. I believe it was on like Wednesday and they announced that they'd get the feeds back on on Thursday after the eviction. When the feeds come back on or after the show, we find out that Kyle has been evicted as well. Anthony, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Honestly, to me, it seems like a smokescreen. It seems like this has to, you know, not be swept under the rug, but let's just end it right here. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, production felt ways about the fire that they were getting from Jamar's eviction. And, you know, I'm not saying that it was a tit for tat, but I think that, you know, Kyle was also dancing along the line as well. And to basically make it right, let's just do this as well. Like I said, I don't know the full story. I don't know everything behind closed doors, but that's kind of what it seemed like to me as a viewer. When you watch the episode and, you know, you kind of started seeing what Carol was saying about Jamar, which I was very shocked that they showed. But after seeing that part, I was like, okay, you know, they're, they're giving us what we want to see you know let's address this let's talk about it and then it just died off and then it was just like okay and you know we're just like you know that these guys are gone now so here's the next hoh it was kind of like they didn't really touch on the things that i felt they needed to touch on and they didn't need to make a long segment they didn't need to go off and do all this dramatic stuff they just could have added a little bit more for the sensitive viewers and, and the people that are watching at home who are kind of feeling the same way about this situation i think it was a smoke screen it was executed but the real ones know, you know? I do want to give a few shout-outs here because I want to give a shout-out to Arissa, who is working through this COVID-19, you know, by working at home, and she understands that she has to address very sensitive information, and I think she did it with grace, she did it with dignity, and I think she's a queen. Let's just keep it a thousand right now. Arissa is a queen beyond measures, and, like, a lot of people say these things, but, like, people don't really understand. Like, this is, like, a real woman. This is inspiration. This is a hard worker. This is a strong black woman who takes care of her family, who's worked her way up in the business. And Rissa's worked her way up to a place where she doesn't have to go against the seagulls. I was shocked to go on Twitter and see people saying things like, Arisha should have addressed this. She doesn't need to address anything. Us, the fans, the alumni, the people who watch the show, we can address it. Let the queen do the queen's job and continue giving us all that she has. And honestly, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, man. So, you know, big shout out to Arissa. She did it with a lot of class, a lot of grace. You know, I peeped that she had the ring light on. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Arissa is an ISO still looking sweet. You know what I mean? It is what it is, man. Like, I think that now that it's in the past, this whole situation with Jamar and Kyle, I think these house guests can really start focusing on playing this game. They called it a reset. Let's just reset. Let's see some gameplay because that's what people want to see. Okay, so we go to the end of the week and we find out because of the whole hubbub with the double expulsion, Min Lee has a new lease on life and she will not be evicted. I mean, it was looking like she was going to get evicted regardless. However... Because of this, Sheldon gets to play again. I am so furious. I do not believe it should be like that. That is not how the game should play. Should One person must absolutely leave that house. On a game perspective, I was hopping mad. And worse comes to absolute worse, Anthony, that you have to make it into a situation that somebody stays. At least, at the very least, people have to vote. And the evicted house guests, quote unquote, must sit out during the next HOH. That person may not play. It's a, it's a show, right? Like, these these guys are, are making a TV show. They call the shot. And I do think that there should have been an eviction, but let them make their TV show. You know what I mean? Like, these are the professionals. These guys are, are the ones who are, who are giving us great season after great season, you know, especially season seven. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? They're giving us season after season, so let them do their job the best that they can. They're the professionals who know what they're doing. But I don't like the fact that, first of all, Sheldon was able to compete and second of all, he won. Do you think that after this, where there's no eviction, Sheldon will also not have to compete? I mean, that's Sheldon's HOH just got completely messed over. Like, does he not get anything for that? Well, first of all, his first HOH was he did absolutely nothing. And his second HOH now, if Carol goes, that's two wasted HOHs. Here's the truth, okay? Sheldon has a lot more power in the house than he even realizes. 
he still wants cocky and runs around like he's running shit in his own way but at the same time like he doesn't realize the power that he has even if he does make a big move he can still save face i don't know if you watched last season but unless you have big moves that are very loud to the crowd you're not going to be able to do well in the finale or anything like that it's time to make moves here's a perfect opportunity early enough to where you can still finesse the rest of the house and keep strong relationships i think he should have made a way bigger move and unfortunately he's going to go two weeks without it an interesting point you make because he did win the second hoh by holding on for the longest before falling into the pillows he's been mentioning a lot that he's threatened by Rianne. So he put Rianne up last week and made Rianne a target. He's talked about it in the diary room. What do you think about that, man? Like, that kind of threw me for a bit of a loop. I think he's playing for the house. I think he's not trying to stir the pot too much and just going after people he thinks he can get the numbers for. And you know what I mean? Like, we're not in the house. You know already it's a totally different vibe when you're in there. You know, people can watch live feeds. You can watch the episodes. But unless you're in there and you feel the intimidation from people, you feel their presence, you don't fully know, like, exactly how people are feeling. I think he just didn't want to ruffle too many feathers. And that's why he did it. Because to me, I don't know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Okay, so then to wrap things up with Sheldon right here, we get uh, what I like to call, especially for this episode, a dose of Dougie. You get to pull Sheldon aside in the diary room. You've got exactly 90 seconds with him, and he is going to listen to everything you say because you are the finesse master. What are you telling him? I'm telling you, Sheldon, you're a little too iRobot right now. There's been a couple people who have softened up to you, i.e. Brooke, i.e. Kyle, and all these other people, but you got to show more emotion. you got to learn to play more sides. If there's two people that are not getting along, you don't separate them, Sheldon. You bring them together. You know, you got to have a different kind of juice. This has got to be Minute made mixed with Alex. This has got to be potion, and you have to work on this potion. I'm watching these live feed clips, and it just seems like you're cuddling up, baby. <laughs> you need to wake up. You need to make some moves. It's about the longevity of the game. You don't know if you can compete next week. You might have to sit this one out, but then what, Shelly? Then what, Shelly? We need to start thinking about the long-term game. You need to start being more emotional. You got to be more active. You know, I think you're playing a good game. You're doing a good job, but just give me more. That's all I ask for. If you're going to win this game, you got to win this game, and you got to wake up and start making bigger moves. Do you mean backdooring someone like Chris? Go after Chris. That should be your number one target. Once you go after Chris, <laughs> the power that Sheldon will have inside that house, it'll be half of what the pretty boys had, which is an incredible amount, believe you me. But I think that once Chris is gone, it opens up doors and windows to a beautiful sunset outside. And I think that's really what he should be swinging for. So this is another thing about Sheldon's HOH. One last thing, actually, before we move on to our next player. And that is, I noticed in Big Brother, there's very few players that have the ability to do what you did. And that is to influence the HOH to put somebody else up on the block that was not their initial target. Most people just go to the HOH and be like, oh no, please don't put me up, don't put me up. You have the ability, and I would say Kyle had the ability to do that. Kyle went and literally manipulated Chris and be like, yo, put this person up, put this person up. Say Jamar was in the house. And Jamar is really close with Min Lee. Obviously, Min Lee going on the block is not good for Jamar. But what would you tell Jamar to be like, yo, you got to go talk to Sheldon. And instead of just saying, you know, okay, it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. Like, what kind of juice are you giving him to be like, this is what you got to say to get Min Lee not on that block. Because Min Lee goes on that block. Min Lee's going home. Yeah, the thing is, Min Lee's a bit of a wild card. She wants to seem like she's always in control. So, you know, when you think about what Jamar's going to do, you also got to think about how he's going to do this with Min Lee because him and Min Lee are attached. You know what I mean? Their names are attached together, whether both him and her really understand that or not. I think that Jamar, he needs to go and open Sheldon's mind to the later aspects of this game, which is going to be kind of difficult because Sheldon's the type of guy he thinks he already has it all figured out. He's playing slow, he's playing smooth, but he's not doing what he needs to do to guarantee a future. Like, the moves he should be making are to guarantee no matter what happens next week. Like, I was never worried in our season. I didn't care about the next week. Production would pull me aside. Anthony, who do you not want to win this week? I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I really do not care who wins. The worst that's going to happen is one of the guys is going to put up and I'll switch the votes anyways. So you know what I mean? Like this is the kind of control that Sheldon needs to try to have and this is what's going to help him in the long run. Like there's people that play Big Brother that just follow around one person the whole season. They build one really strong relationship and they just like kind of sit there. You should be bouncing back and forth. You got to be ping-ponging all over the house. You know what I mean? And I feel like he's really limiting himself. 
I want Jamar to open Sheldon's mind to how Min Lee can help both of their games. If I'm telling Min Lee that I'm going to have that conversation, then I need to let Min Lee know that, listen, if Sheldon is going to come up to you and talk to you about these things and ask you questions like this, then this is how you have to answer. You know how Sheldon is. You know how Sheldon is. we got to do this a certain way, Min Lee. I have a good feeling he's going to do this, and I want you to be ready. Because you don't want to just reveal all your cards to save Min Lee. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you need her. So you got to warm their hearts. And this doesn't happen over a couple hours. Like, there's only a very selective few that have ever been able to do that. you got to do it, and you got to start working hard. And I feel like nobody was really working to keep their allies safe. Except for Kyle. And Kyle did a really good job at that. Yes, he did. Now, that brings us to our next player, and that is Min Lee. Min Lee, like she said, she's like a cat. She's got nine lives. She survives by a miracle with a reset week. Okay, fine. It's reset week. I'm in a very weird spot right now with Min Lee because Min Lee, she runs her mouth a lot in the house and it's entertaining as all hell. I'm not sure what kind of solid relationship she has. Obviously, her number one ally, Jamar, is out the house now. She did try to build something with Vanessa and Carol, but Vanessa is ping-ponging back, as you like to say. We'll talk about Carol in a bit. What should Min Lee be doing right now and how do you feel about Min Lee's game? I think Min Lee has been put in a few worst-case scenarios, but... She's the one who put herself there. And I honestly think that she even pulled Jamar down with her. And Jamar, not really seeing what was happening, he still stayed loyal anyways. And, you know, big shout out to Jams. But I think right now, Min Lee needs to work really hard on the girls. You know, when I was getting ready to watch season eight, I'm like, you know what? There's going to be the strongest all-girls alliance ever. It it has to happen. (laughs) Girls are going to go in there. They're going to be like, there's no freaking way we're letting some douchebags come into this house and do exactly what they did last year which was one of the greatest performances of all time by the way but i was expecting just these girls to be so overly pushy for an all-girls alliance and i haven't seen it i haven't seen it i don't understand and and these players have seen that you know they've they've made comments about alumni they watch the season you guys have to see that there's a recipe here there's literally an equation that works and if you stick to the equation and add the right ingredients you're gonna get gravy you know what i mean and i don't think that people in the house are just so focused on genuine connections and that's number one you need those genuine connections but you also have to force the other kind and you have to force the connections with the people that you don't relate to you got to force the people that grew up in a different lifestyle you know you got to work hard and you have to use a certain formula Min Lee this week should be going after all the girls she should be pulling them together and being like look i ain't gonna say names <laughs> I, I ain't gonna say names but we need to do something here and she needs to look all of them in their face and they need to come to some sort of agreement because like Min Lee said it on the live feed she said something like you guys saw what happened last year the same thing is going to happen again the weaker people are just going to keep getting pushed out we need some balance I rate her for saying that. First of all, she could have never said that to me, but I rate her for saying that. And I think that now, if she really pushes for these girls, she might be able to save face for a couple weeks. Here's the thing. She has the ability to call house meetings and to step up to confrontation, which I like. I like that a lot. She has the ability to speak her mind and speak it passionately. What worries me a bit about what you just said, though, or some of the concerns that I have are that She's done this too many times. It's almost like, you know, we have to do this and we have to do this and we have to do this. It's almost like people are sort of getting tired of it. It's like there's not like one single plan that she's sort of honing in on, which you know what it's like in the house. Every five seconds, it changes. She would need to pick one person to go after, probably Chris, and be like, guys, we're going to start off by taking out the strongest competitor so far in the game. Chris, he's already won two comps, or I guess Sheldon as well. And we're going to go one by one by one. And yeah, we need all the girls together. Yeah, 100%. Draw it out for them. Paint the picture. These girls know, like, it could be any kind of competition. But what you know for sure is that somebody who's very well capable of winning an HOH and has proved it, you don't want them in the long run because they'll just steamroll through. And I think that Chris is losing a lot of his marbles right now, but at the same time, people are still looking at him 
like they need him. You know what I mean? They don't feel they feel safer with him than somebody else. It's not about feeling safe. It's about beating them. If you got to take out a big target to save face for yourself for the long run, well, that you're getting yourself closer to a hundred thousand dollars. Don't sell yourself short hanging out with people that you just have genuine connections with. I'm stuck, man. I'm hoping for something. I really want these girls to stick together and go hard, but I'm just not sure if it's going to happen. Which actually brings us to the next player that you were just also talking about, and that is Chris. So Chris has already won two competitions. Here is my thoughts on Chris, Anthony, and then we'll get to you in a second. And that is Chris has already won an HOH. Chris has struggled socially with connecting on a genuine relationship with a lot of people. Regardless of whatever that is, he's A, still in the house, and B, Sheldon, who won HOH, is not putting him up this week and most likely not backdooring him. Now is the time everybody should be flocking to Chris and being like, holy crap, if you can play HOH next week, I want to get in good with you. That's the thing is like, you can play HOH next week. You got a good chance of winning. I want to be in your ear next week when it does come around. You don't have Kyle to flex with in the kitchen anymore. I want to be your new Kyle. I want to be your bro and be the one to get in your ear and tell you, take this person out or take that person out. What are you thinking about Chris? What are you thinking about his game? I think Chris can really be used at this point. I think that a lot of people should be flocking to Chris. You know, now that Kyle's gone, Jamar's gone. You guys got to be using all your players in this game. I think Chris is struggling socially but at the same time, he's not horrible. People don't hate to be around him. He's not really annoying people. Maybe there's just something that's just not connecting him with the other players, which is fine. You know, there's two different aspects to Big Brother. There's the personal level relationships, and then there's game relationships. Both are valuable. So I think that people need to start having concrete game relationships with Chris so they can do well for the next couple weeks and worry about themselves at least getting to the next week. Because there's some people who are still playing week by week. They're not like solidified in this game where they don't really have to worry about the next few weeks. So I think this week is a crucial week with the whole reset and it's going to be interesting to see what Chris does. Chris is a competitor, and yeah, he's not playing terrible. He is struggling with that ride-or-die situation. It's almost like that loneliness in the house of, like, is there anybody I could truly trust? He is trying to get in a little bit with the girls, albeit maybe not so successfully, but he's trying. If you could actually get into Chris's ear, again, you're in the DR, you and him, one-on-one. It's actually your mission to make him succeed and be absolutely amazing with the talents that he has. What are you telling him? Now that Kyle's gone, you better really solidify that relationship with Sheldon. And I think you need to also bring in Hira. Hira feels good with a lot of the girls, and he needs to start feeling really, really good with the guys as well. If these guys can pull in the other guys and have a kind of an ear more around, I think that'll really help out this game. I feel like Chris's issue is that he's very close vision. He doesn't really have ears everywhere. He doesn't have people who report back to him and tell him certain things. He needs to add that to his game. He's got to know where everybody's head is at so he can start picking off people who are the most dangerous for him. And I think that spending this week talking to Hira, continuing to build that relationship with everybody else in the house will solidify him for another couple weeks to where he's going to be a solid member in jury, if not win this game. So let's talk right now then about Angie for a second, because Angie is pretty close to Chris. They had a good thing the first week, and I guess that is a pretty close ally to Chris. I don't know how much finessing Angie's doing for Chris, or if it's just more of a number for Chris. Uh, what are we thinking about Angie? Because honestly, like I'm not seeing a lot in the way of gameplay right now. She is sort of laying back and taking a backseat role. She did have a big speech in the last episode, and it almost seems like she's gotten a bit comfortable Ish, I should say, with the idea that nobody's directly looking at her as a target until it's too late. And then it's like, oh, shoot, I got to wake up and play the game. But by then it's too late. Right. You know, Angie got shooken up a little bit. I think when Angie first came in, she was a, a little nervous, but she made friends and she thought she was good with people. And then all of a sudden, here comes Min Lee. And all of a sudden, Min Lee's just saying certain things and making sure she doesn't win HOH. And I think that Min Lee kind of made Angie feel uncomfortable and question where she is sitting in the house. You know what I mean? And I think that Angie took a step back. I think she took took a step back. She tried to be diplomatic during the whole house meeting. And I think that Angie's in a good spot right now. I don't think she needs to get blood on her hands. I don't think she needs to pick sides right now. This isn't the week to pick sides. Keep doing what you're doing. 
keep being diplomatic and kind of just laying in the cut. Moves right now is not what's going to define you in the long run. You still have a lot more to go and there's a lot more time for gameplay. You got to focus on week by week and you got to focus on solidifying these relationships. So let these people argue and fight and go after each other and take themselves out. If Min Lee stays this week, she's already made a bit of a hubbub to Angie, like, Angie, you're not my target. I'm putting all the balls in your tube. You're not my target. I'm putting all the balls in your tube. It's gotten to a point where if Min Lee did win HOH, why not put Angie on the block? And who knows who Angie is up against, even if it's a target. If that target is better at their words and stuff like that, Angie could very well be going home. Should Angie be trying to mend things with Min Lee? Here's the thing. Angie would be a very hard person to convince everybody for a backdoor. You know, if Min Lee won HOH, she, first of all, is going to have to talk with Angie. And I don't think putting Angie on the block is a good move for Min Lee. I think she wouldn't be able to convince everybody that her target is Angie. And I think this week, with the fact that Min lost Jamar and all of these events happened, I think that they're going to open up the relationship a little bit and they're going to start trying to whatever. I don't know how receptive Angie is going to be towards men at this point because she knows that she's in desperation mode but i do think that it is in angie's best interest to be neutral across the board for now i can see her possibly building a relationship or getting on a good side with men at this point to at least make sure if men does win next week she's okay okay but not solidifying hardcore alliances with like a ton of people all right no no i don't think so it's just not going to work they're just not vibing and you could tell by Angie's energy that she felt very uncomfortable the way that Min Lee was handling things. Like that one competition where Min put all her balls to make sure whatever, like that really hurt Angie. First of all, I'm not upset with Angie for feeling that way. But at the same time, you got to let it go. You can't hold grudges in the house and you cannot play emotional. Like who cares if that happens? Do you need Min Lee or not? It doesn't matter how somebody makes you feel or if they make you feel uncomfortable. You're here to play Big Brother. It's a a different element. That brings us to our next player who is uh, getting a lot of love on Twitter, I should say. I'm really torn about this guy right now, Hira. Here's the thing about Hira. So we saw he won a veto, which was a crucial veto because had the noms stayed the same, Hira would have been packing. He would have been out the door, no late checkout fees apply, just turn in your key card and it's no lunch Captain Crunch kind of deal. But he did save himself, which put Michael on the block. And you have to remember that even if Brooke had been taken off the block and Michael was up against Hira, still a good chance Hira would have gone home, right? The only thing is he's struggling a bit to create really solid, genuine alliances. You know, he created a little final two with Min Lee a while back, and that was like three in the morning. I was watching that in the pantry. That was kind of cute. And then Hira told Suzanne about the final two, and I'm like, what? No, no, don't do that. And then I don't know if he's got the juice to start convincing people like, hey, you should come with me, and and this person's bad for your game. At this point, what should Hira really be doing, and what do you think about Hira's game? I think that he is trying to build true relationships. It's just other people are bonding with other people. I think that he just needs to spend more time. I think that he needs to really be around people for majority of the time, the people that he sees himself not really connecting with or possibly needing the most at this point. I think he's in a pretty good position because the thing is, is he's loved. It doesn't matter. Nobody is looking at Hero like, I I don't like this guy and I, I want him out of the house. Nobody's looking at Hero like he's a problem. He's not a really a super big threat game-wise, and he's a really, really nice guy. He's got to really push this really nice guy part so that people's emotions come into perspective and they don't want to see him go. Game-wise, because he is a really nice guy, you've got to make sure that game-wise and personally, he has people that are willing to sacrifice a little bit of their game for him and do the things that they need to do to make sure he stays in the house. And I don't think at this point he's doing a super good job at that. Right now he's in a tough spot because he's kind of like not outcasted, but he's just not it for everybody, you know, and I think that's going to hurt him in the long run. Here's the thing about that is because of this very nice guy thing that he is, which I, I saw it right away in his bio. I even said in the cast bio, I was like, he seems like almost too nice of a guy. What happens when you're too nice of a person is it's very hard for you to lie or even say white lies, which is why he told Suzanne about final two. It's like, oh my God, we had a genuine conversation. I need to be genuine with her in order to be number one and friendly with every single person in the house. It's kind of a bit sleazy. Like, you sort of have to, you know, yeah, I'm so nice to you. I'm so nice to you. But then he genuinely feels like you're my number one. I can't have two number ones. I can't have three number ones. And that's affecting him right now. So what kind of motivation or what kind of, like, things would you tell him? Be like, look, I know you're really nice, but this is what I want you to say. Or, like, construct it like this. Is there anything that sort of comes to mind? 
work harder and spend more time. You got to make it work. The thing is, you have all day inside of that house from the second you have to get out of bed to the second the lights go off. You know what I mean? And every single second should be spent strategizing and actually playing this game. I think people get a little too comfortable and they forget why they're there. I think that here just has to go harder. And you got to really solidify these relationships for the long run because you don't want to be used as a pawn because you're a really nice guy. Start touching the block every single week. It's going it's to be a problem. Yeah, eventually one week you just might not be able to touch the block the next week because you're walking out the doors. Brings us to the player that Hira told the final two to, and that was Suzanne. Now, with Suzanne, I honestly think she is playing the best game in the house amongst all the females. Now that Kyle's gone, I think she's just playing, in general, the best social game. Some would disagree, though. What are you thinking about Suzanne? You know, it feels almost like she's everywhere. She's in, like, this alliance of six, but she's got, like, side alliances with everybody in the house. What are we thinking about Suzanne? I think Suzanne is in a good place. I think she is playing a good social game with the players in the house and i think she should just continue doing what she's doing because you know after that first initial shakeup of you are in the bottom four of canada liking you now you're about to touch the block now you could potentially go home all this time spent leading up to this show and you're about to go home it changes everything you know what i mean and i think that it kind of shook her up a little bit and she was like okay now i really got to play this game and i think she's playing a different game she's, she has a different perspective and i think she's doing really really well and i don't see her needing to win any competitions anytime soon i think she just needs to stay exactly where she's at and continue playing with the players that are with her and that's such a beautiful thing in the big brother house if you can go into an hoh look around the room be like i don't really care who wins it's such a relief it's like something that it's it's unexplainable, and it's like, well, you know, I could win HOH, but if I do, that would actually be bad for my game. That's a pretty incredible position to be in, and uh, Suzanne is in that position, but yeah, overall, she's playing a good game. Let's talk now about John Luke. Anthony, I went first the past few times. What are your thoughts on John Luke? <laughs> I like him. I think that JL's playing a good game right now. I feel like he had a big wake-up call, too. You know, his best friend left the house. He literally was watching his alliance fall apart. It's a big wake-up call to where you are at and where you need to be. And I think he's been saying the right things to the right people. And I think he's in a great position right now. I, I kind of like John Luke. I agree. You know what? I like John Luke as well. I liked him from the very beginning. I thought he was going to play more of a Dane kind of game, but it seemed like he had really settled back a lot. I love how he said, I had a really good conversation with Sheldon right before the HOH, and I was like, come on. That's like so classic Big Brother, where like the whole week, you're just kind of messing around, and then right before the HOH starts, you're like frantically running around to people like, okay, just yeah, I'm safe and you're safe, right? Like you, I got your back, you got my back. It's funny, but it, it's it's something. And it's a start, and he did reset with Sheldon. How did you feel about that conversation where he goes to Sheldon and he's like, yeah, man, like I could be your dude. Like, what, what do you think Sheldon should be doing? What do you think John Luke should be doing in that? Because uh, how genuine is John Luke in that? And does Sheldon really need that? First, let's just rewind for a second. The first thing you said was, you know, I thought he was going to play like a Dan. Don't do the Prince of Colony like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't, don't do my guy, Prince of Colony, like that. Nobody's going to play a game like Dane. Big shout out to the Prince of Cologne. Now, when it comes to the conversation that he had with Sheldon, it doesn't matter when it was because you got to think of where Sheldon's head is at. Sheldon knows for a fact that he is working with the top tier players in the house. He's good with the top tier. What Sheldon needs to do is start working with the bottom tiers for all these what-if scenarios and all these you know, I may need this person's vote for whatever issue or, you know, next week somebody could win and you might need John Luke to, 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 to switch up his mind. I feel like Sheldon had to be open to John Luke because he's one of the best of the bottom tier at this point. I don't want to say bottom tier, but the people who are not really, really in power right now. And I think that John Luke, great awareness with Michael leaving. You know, you realize you got to really buckle down now, but I think it was great awareness and I think it was a great move. And I think that relationship with Sheldon, because it did seem genuine, and I actually could see them kind of being bros and being friends outside the house. I think that was a good move, and he'll be able to ride with Sheldon for a little bit. you got to remember the votes that come with Sheldon. John Luke, part of the evictors with the very first week, one of the evictors getting evicted. What do you think about their evictors alliance and who's left in it? John Luke, Rianne, and Maddie. Should they be bringing someone in or just, you know, put it in the shredder and let's move on? Here's the thing. 
I don't like when this whole alliance word just gets thrown around because these people just don't get it. And that's coming from a very humble place. I'm being totally honest. First of all, they're not in the line. They're not in line. They're just a couple people who had a clever little sign and they have a clever little name. They're not really riding or fighting for each other. In fact, I was very upset and shocked that John Luke openly threw a temper tantrum in front of the whole house when Michael was leaving, because that basically shows you that you're next. Like, you care that much, you're going to hold that much of a grudge. well then you're going to go next, or we'll keep you in mind. I don't think that they're in alliance anymore. I think they should just still have the same relationship, be like, yeah, we're good with each other, and still tell each other things and have each other's backs, but it's just not what it was set out to be. And I think they should leave it at that, and I think that they should go elsewhere, and I think that they are going elsewhere. Do you think it's like opposite day, where if they called themselves the evictees, then they'd be able to do stuff? <laughs> It'd be a lot more astute. <laughs> Honestly, after Michael left, I'm like, I, I can just see these guys going one by one. But I'm happy that a few, people, few of them are still in the house. Like, I'm loving Maddie right now. I'm loving her gameplay. I'm, you know, she's got a little bark to her. You know what I mean? Like, she, she ain't scared of bark from behind the fence. I like that. I think she's protecting her ground. And she's basically asserting herself inside this house with these little arguments she's having. Okay, so I want to talk about Maddie now because that is the next player I was going to go on to right as you brought it up, like your telepathic abilities there. You can add that to the resume, Anthony. <laughs> and Maddie is an interesting player for me because she is growing on me fast. Okay, when Michael got evicted, she was furious at Chris. Rightfully so. I don't think she handled it very well. Like, now's not the time to just tell Chris actively you're a target. But That's a very emotional outburst. And Chris... As sleazy as it sounds to you, Maddie, Chris is giving you an opening. Chris is like, now you're going to be loyal to me, which I plots laughing. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a, he's like, you think I'm going to be loyal to you? Stop yeah. maddying me. Uh, honestly, it was like a cute old couple conversation. <laughs> yeah. But Maddie, as crazy as it sounds, you know, and she was obviously in, in a very an emotional state, should be working with Chris, at least low key. Like, Chris is literally going to do things for you yeah like i don't understand why <laughs> like i i'm not saying me because i, I don't take advantage of people but i i think sorry, sorry, wait, 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 wait. Uh, listen <laughs> i'm sorry to say that again <laughs> i think that maddie should have taken full advantage of that situation even if she had to bark at him to kind of let him know that she was disappointed fine you know what I mean? Sometimes if the dog pees on the floor, you, you got to tell him to go to bed. You know what I mean? I, I get that. But you can't leave the dog in the bed forever. And I think she should have let him out. And I think she should have been like, look, you really hurt me, Chris. Me and Michael, you know, we were kind of close, but we weren't as close as people may make it seem. But, you know, it, I thought we were all in something together. And you kind of ruined that for me. So how do I know that you're going to whatever? And then that's when you let Chris run up and, you know, start being all sweet and stuff and making your coffees and closing the hot tub cover for You know what I mean? Like, that's when the things start to happen. That's when you start riding the wave. I can't believe that she did that to him and, and has been trying to ride this wave because obviously he felt something. Like those first, the way he hugged her, the way he was, you know, all googly eyed he got, you know what I mean? Like, he was a little red in the cheeks. You know, like, she, she should be taking full advantage of that. It was love in the air, or should I say love in the box? Just Chris wasn't in the box. It was Michael. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now, now, here's the thing. This is why I liked Maddie so much, because you are right. She does have some bark to her, and she does know how to stir things up in a very tactful way. What... I would like to see from Maddie is I want to see her turn into Sweet D from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think she has what it takes. You know, she's got the bark. She's a beautiful woman. And I think that she can go over to the guys and start with Chris and, you know, get him on your side, warm his heart up, be like, you're my number one and all the other guys in here suck and you're the only one that makes me laugh. And, and honestly, oh my God, I'm so in love with you. And even talk down a little bit about Michael. Be like, oh, Michael didn't say the same kind of jokes that you did. Yeah. Man, Chris will be like puppy dog in your purse. And then once she's done that, she should do the same thing to Sheldon. Yeah. I said this last week. I thought if she kept doing that, she probably has enough juice to take Min Lee away from Jamar. I don't know about that. She would have to be a certain kind of shark to be able to do something like that. So far, I don't see that juice yet. However, I do agree with everything that you're saying. And I do think that the position that she's in, because, you know, she was at the bottom too. You know, when she was doing it, like she was really down on herself. 
and she's kind of realizing what she needs. Like, you remember the little break. I was like, why did I not even start her anything? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? She, she, was, she was really down on, on herself. You know what I mean? And I think that was kind of a wake-up call, too. And Maddie should be going after all the guys. You know, trash Michael. <laughs> Michael's at home waiting. You know what I mean? And you can deal with that after. You got a, you got a game to win. This is no holds barred. This is a Royal Rumble casket ladder match. You know what I mean? Like, like you got to be using everything that you have and the players that are in the house. You can't start getting emotional, especially after it's already done with. <laughs> Mikey's God, Let it go. Especially knowing that with a guy that's like trying to assert his dominance, hearing you talk down about another guy, especially one that you're jealous of, that will boost his ego. Facts. All right. It's never happened to me, so I'm only speaking from a third-person perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all, we, all, we all have our crosses to bear. Let's talk about Vanessa. Anthony, I've got a few things because right now we've got a pretty boy draft. Vanessa is your second pick. Michael is your first pick. Michael has been evicted. And now on Twitter, you are sort of hoping your Christmas gift is that uh, she's next to go. For sorry, we did a snake draft. Let's just lay all the cards out. We did a snake draft. These are not my faves. I chose players that I thought would win the game based off of the bio. Now, let's get back to Vanessa for a second. I'm upset. I'm upset at these soldiers, if you will, that they're deployed into war, get to the site where there's about to be gunfire, and then call the general and tell them you want to go back home. I've never understood it. You know when people sit down, when you ever been in a fight, Marco, maybe you haven't, but when you show up somewhere that's four on four, and there's always the one guy that just runs away. These people that signed up to play Big Brother are not playing Big Brother. And Erica brought up a point. I saw a tweet from Erica Hill. Shout out to Erica. Erica said something on Twitter, and it was like, you know, next year we should really put out some videos telling future house guests how horrible and difficult this experience really is. Let's just tell them what it's really about, how uncomfortable you can really be at times. How could you use the word uncomfortable in a gunfight? I've never seen anything like it. She spun her own web and got tangled in it and then tried to retreat back. In. I just don't, I, I don't understand. She felt uncomfortable during that whole house meeting because she was about to be called out. <laughs> she was being exposed. The sand was blowing off, and it was wonderful. I was like, this is what the house needs. When people are collecting these breadcrumbs, it's going to lead back to the source. And this is all going to be pointed at Vanessa. And instead of stepping up to the plate and arguing and debating, she used the scapegoat of being uncomfortable. And I just don't agree with that. Nobody has ever been comfortable in the Big Brother house. There's never been one. There's never been one person who came out and was just, you know what? You know how I feel about that show? It's just really comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not a thing. And people got to remember why they're there. The thing about Vanessa is, from a game perspective, yes, she did say she was uh, uncomfortable and that house meeting blow up shook her up a little bit, to say the least. As a game player right now, though, she's in the KVBS alliance, which if there was or is any alliance, KVBS is like the actual alliance. You know, Kyle was making moves. Sheldon's a strong player. Brooks aligned with Sheldon and Vanessa. Vanessa was the one that was uh, kind of slipping a little bit. And KVBS got a little bit heated about that. Kyle was saying that uh, maybe Vanessa's out and they had to like hold Kyle back. Like, oh, let's let's figure this out and let's keep KVBS around. What's the deal with Vanessa now? Because regardless of where our thoughts are with her, and I know you were sort of uh, hoping that Vanessa goes next, Sheldon's not putting Vanessa up right now, and Vanessa's not going out as a back door. What should she be doing? You know, KVBS has fallen apart, catastrophically, might I add. Uh, Kyle is out of the house. Right now it's just VBS, which sounds like a really cheap version of USB. <laughs> My question is, what should Vanessa be doing? Should they be solidifying another person in place of Kyle? Because KVBS was very secret. Unlike the evictors, people didn't know about KVBS. What's Vanessa's spot in the house right now? What should she be doing exactly? I think she's in a horrible position right now because, first of all, everybody knows that Vanessa was lying. Vanessa just got called out by lying to two people. You know, if you're lying to two people, who else could you potentially be lying to? You know what I mean? The whole point about Big Brother is to not leave tracks. Your lies are not supposed to get back to you. And she put zero. 
She put zero energy into making sure that these lies didn't get back to her. If I'm in the house right now, to be honest, I'm not really threatened by Vanessa, but I know what she's capable of and I know what she's about. So at any given time, she's expendable to me if I have to keep solid relationships with certain people who will get me further. I think that this week, Vanessa's really got to try to rebuild. She's literally got to back up and reset, (laughs) if you will. I think she should be trying to even clean the surface a little bit, try to clear the air, not in public, definitely not in public because you're going to get exposed again but in private where all of these conversations should have happened anyways like if you're lying to every single person the last thing you want is to sit down in a whole house meeting while everybody is literally calling you out for that you know what i mean and i just think she did a horrible job at at covering up all these things and i think she's got to spend this entire week every second of every day spending as much time with everybody and playing like she really wants to be there I was wondering, I'm like, holy crap, Vanessa's probably going into crisis survival mode, as is Sheldon, as is Brooke. Vanessa and Kyle were very close. Kyle's gone. I mean, well, Kyle didn't really care. Kyle was like, close with anyone. Vanessa, she's probably running to Brooke and Sheldon and being like, let's make sure this alliance is really good. Let's make sure it's tight and safe. Sheldon and Brooke are probably going to slowly start to feel a disconnect. You know, Sheldon and Brooke are going to do their own little duo thing. They might duo up with another duo. And Vanessa needs to do something and something fast. You're saying that automatically she should be working with Min Lee, though? I think everybody. I think you're in desperation mode. You just sat in the house meeting. And you said, me and Kyle are together. That's what you said. And now that Kyle's gone, you're in absolute desperation mode. Your lion is gone now. You got to find a new pride. So there's no logic that tells me that she should not be trying to build a relationship with Min Lee. She should be trying to sweep whatever happened underneath the rug and start fresh and brand new. Whole new attitude, whole different Vanessa. And I think it should start with Min Lee. I don't think she should be loud about it. I don't think she should be telling Min Lee, I'll vote for you. I think she should hash a couple things out and leave Min Lee in a position where she could feel comfortable going to Vanessa in desperation mode. There's no mending things. At the end of the day, Min Lee kind of holds Vanessa responsible for Jamar leaving. She's not just going to forget that. But what she will do is be open to possibly turning to you for future help if she needs it. And that's where Vanessa should make sure her relationship with Min Lee is. So we'll see what she's going to do with that. I think she should be going to every single person and trying just as hard as everybody else to build these relationships back up because now her game is fully exposed. In a public sphere or in group conversations of three or individually one-on-one? Because one-on-ones are very dangerous conversations to have. Yeah, because it gives other people opportunities to go lie and say he said, she said. I think she should go after the groups, the twos, the threes, sit down with Brooke and Shelton sit down with every all the little groups that are running out there and, and these little people who are being seen out together all the time, those are the people she needs to be sitting down and having a conversation with. And she needs to really think about who feels good with who. Like, it's not difficult to kind of put together who hangs out the most because these guys are very open as well, right? Like, everybody knows who people feel good with. Everybody knows who people have a good relationship with inside the house at this point. So it's about being stronger and making sure that you have both, if not, make sure you're not getting put on the block. Okay, and final question with Vanessa then. You and I both know she's not going home this week. She wins HOH next week. What should she do? Oh, boy. If she wins HOH next week, well, she needs people to hold on to for the week after. So you got to think of the people, process of elimination, who she's not going to go after. So I can see her 100% putting Min Lee up. Right off the bat, it's a decent move. It's one less piece of blood you have to get on your hands because Min Lee knows and everybody knows that you're not really vibing with her the best. So you put Min Lee on the block. Then you got to think of, you know, next. At the same time, she's going to want to have to make a big move as well. I don't think she would dare put up Hira. I don't think she's going to put up Sheldon. I think a smart move for her at this point would be a Rianne. Somebody who has been at the bottom, because she can tell people, like, things aren't always what they seem, and, you know, perspective is everything, and, oh, I have a good relationship with everybody. But you got to take somebody who's near the bottom, but still somebody who you can count as a good target in your jury speech. It's interesting you say that, because, you know, you were just saying about how Vanessa should be smoothing things out with Min Lee and really working hard on that relationship, but then come next Thursday night and she wins the HOH, all that good relationship about building with Min Lee, out the door, chuck her up on the block. Out the door! Bye! <laughs> Throw that all away! Throw that all the way! 
Now it's time to make a move. Good night, Jimmy Kite. Yeah, yo, this is, I don't think people realize what they sign up for. Like, this is the game. You have to make these moves. You have to do these things. It doesn't matter if you want to hang out with these people and, you know, you want to be friends with them after. Like, you got to go in there and play this game to the best you can or you're just going to lose. Why play a game that you you want to lose? I'll never understand it. So say Vanessa builds an incredible relationship with Minley. And then Vanessa wins HOH. And then Vanessa puts Minley on the block. People will be like, wow, that is one ruthless SOB. Yeah, but at the same time, they all want Minley gone. And the argument from Vanessa is that you're the people who wanted this. The people who I spoke to in the HOH room are telling me that this is what they want. What do you want me to do? I don't want to upset the house. Maybe she could throw in some crocodile tears. Play the part. This is what everybody wants. This isn't what I want, Min. And to be honest, there's a bigger plan. I can't tell you, though. You don't have to tell it somebody everything. Min Lee, you're safe. Trust me, there's a bigger plan. I'm only putting you on the block because everyone expects it. But me and you know what's really going on. And then send her off home. You know what? I tried that with Damien. Didn't work so well. But I also <laughs> did. <laughs> Here's the thing. Sheldon and I are very similar people. Sheldon brings someone to Wendy's and then puts that person on the block. I did the exact same last season. Sheldon <laughs> nominates three people during his HOH. None of them go home. I nominated three people during my HOH. None of them went home. <laughs> We're starting to see a lot of similarities. So this brings us to our next player, Carol. I am so disappointed in Carol. When I first started seeing the lack of confidence she had in herself, you know, I kind of just ignored it. And I just wanted somebody to wake her up and let her know that, you know what, Carol, you deserve to be there. You made it on Big Brother. It's time to believe in yourself. And it's time to really think that you can win this and, and really invest yourself into this game. Like, this is why you came here. You were chosen out of hundreds of thousands of people. You know what I mean? And then it got to a point where I was just like, okay, you know what? Let's just get her out of here. Because I'm sick and tired. People are playing their game based on Carol Let Get her gone so that these people can play Big Brother now. Nobody wants to sit there and see somebody say, I just only really hope that I, you know, double my followers. Double, double, double your followers. You were chosen to be one of the elite. You signed up for death row records. And this is what you're telling your fans? This is what you're giving to the culture? Doubled your followers? I have jobs that are generating other... What, what is this? What is going on? Carol is going through an incredibly tough time, agreed. And I know that feeling, being in the house, where it's almost like I'm not winning, I know I'm not making any moves, I know I'm safe, because, you know, <laughs> I, got, I got the greatest boys behind me. It's almost like, I don't want to just be safe, I want to make some moves, I want to play. And Carol is going through this serious self-confidence issue. I would love if she won at least something, even a veto. Yeah, but here's the thing, Mark. Why are these people only thinking worst-case scenario? Like, Carol's thinking, oh, well, I'm not going to hold myself up in a sleeping bag, you know, on a slippery surface, like, longer than everybody. Probably not. Carol's thinking, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to be hunched over and hold a car with my body weight, whatever. But probably not. Carol's not dumb. Carol's not an idiot. She can win some of these mental competitions. She can win some of these other competitions that aren't just physical. Wake up. It's time to look at yourself in the mirror and realize what you're doing, who you're here for, who's watching you. This is a, one of the biggest opportunities of your life. And it's time to show these people what you can do. You're talking about, I'm not going to win this game and I'm not going to, I don't even want to whatever. I just want to self-evict. What? Come on, man. What is going on? Wake up. And if you're not going to wake up, then just get the hell out because you're holding everybody else up. People need to start playing this game. That's what people are watching the show for is for gameplay. No one wants to see somebody sitting around all day long talking what they don't want to be there. Well, just go there. If I was in the house, I would never in a million years let Carol go because I would feel so comfortable against her in a final two. I would literally campaign my ass off to every HOH. No, we should totally keep Carol. Yeah, 100%. People aren't thinking like that. People are just playing for themselves to be happy. Like, even look at Kyle. Carol was the one who, who, who there was that live feed clip where Carol was telling Kyle. Kyle's like, so you would be feel comfortable with me putting you up next to HOH. And then there's all this talking where Carol's like, I don't want to self this. I want to be voted out because, you know, I'll have like more respect. Like, what? No. They just get Carol the heck out of here if she doesn't want to be there. People are there to play games. We want to see gameplay. We're not getting any because Carol's telling everybody 
that she wants to self-evict. If Carol Say does self-evict, which latest is I've been watching the live feeds, the live feeds turned back on after that house meeting that Carol had. So the last thing we saw in the live feeds on a Friday was that she gathered everyone for the house meeting. She said, as you know, guys, it's been a really tough situation for me. I've been up and down over the past few weeks. Boom, feeds cut. When the feeds come back on, it's back to normal and Carol is still in the house. So we can only surmise what happened. Do you think it's a situation where the producers were like, listen, if you do go, we're going to need this clip from you? Or we don't know. We just don't know. So, Anthony, you are Mr. Dougielicious. You are the sworn protector of the North, Lord Dougielicious, Putin Poppy. Let him know. Listen, they already, they already know what time it is, all right? Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, Carol's not on daylight savings time yet, all right? <laughs> so you're going to pull Carol into the DR, and you're going to bring her into Anthony's standard time zone, okay? And you're going to work your voodoo magic, and you're not going to give her the boost of confidence. She's already gotten that before she came to the DR. But you're going to tell her exactly what she needs to do to not only be safe this week, but to actually improve her standing in the house. Because as long as she's in that house, she's still got a fighting chance. I think that Carol really needs to look at herself in the mirror. And I think that Carol needs to realize how difficult it was separating herself from her real life and her partner and everybody else in her life and her job and her home. She needs to realize that when she made that decision, she came to play a game. This game is not supposed to be comfortable. It's very difficult. Of course, there's times that go by where people want to evict. I was hurt. The day I realized one of the pretty boys had to go home, I was hurt. It actually really hurt me. It was a big wake-up call for me that it's not all fun and games anymore. And, And I think that Carol needs a real wake-up call. First of all, you're in a great position. Keep selling that. What you got to do is just hope you win at the end. If you have to coast this entire game and literally have everybody thinking that you deserve to be there and you're playing a good social game and you have people's backs, ride the coattails, baby! Ride to the freaking end. And then you just have to have that clutch factor. You've got to win a couple at the end. You could pray. You could splash your face with water. You could do whatever you got to do to make sure you're ready for those comps. But ride the coattails until it comes time where you absolutely must win. How many people in Big Brother history would love to be in Carol's position of, I know that I'm not going to get put up, but I'll go to the end and I, don't, I just don't want to go to the end. How many people would love to be in that position of not having any worries about touching the block? Like, there's only a few. There's people who didn't deserve it, and then there's people like me, but that's a whole other story. But what I'm saying is, is Carol needs to realize her position in the house. She has a lot of power. She has ears everywhere. People don't feel threatened by her. And that whole, all that Jamar stuff that happened already got swept under the rug when he left. They're not even thinking about that. There's things that have happened that have taken over the energy of the house. So all that stuff that happened is already gone. Keep riding these coattails and just boss up. Have some confidence in yourself. I've never seen anything like it. And I think that if she can't do it, then then you just need to do something and then just get her out of there because there's people who are trying to play this game and she's holding them all up. If she self-evicts, should they shut down the season? No. Just because in, in the NBA, there's been several times where LeBron has been injured. It has been Zion, in his rookie year, he didn't even get to play until after the All-Star break. It doesn't matter if some of these players can't play. Let them get out. There has to be a champion. I don't care who's self-evicted. I don't care who, 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 who wrongfully said horrible things about a Hall of Famer and then the karma came in. I don't care about any of that. I don't care about, about, about what's happened prior in the game. It's time to buckle down, and the time is now. Okay. Now this brings us to our penultimate player, Rianne. What do we think about Rianne? Our girl from the northern interior of BC. I met her family, lovely people. Haven't seen much of Rianne on the episodes, even on the feeds. I'm almost struggling to find a bit of content with Rianne. Is she having those sort of setback conversations where it's very much like, I'm safe, nobody's going to do anything, I'm up against Min Lee, it's a guaranteed lock, she's going home. Sheldon said he's very threatened by Rianne, which kind of threw me off. Maybe it's because Brooke has been getting in Sheldon's head, and I feel like Brooke is a bit intimidated by Rianne. Rianne, at this point, really needs to lock in with the girls because the guys already have their number one choice. And I think that Rianne needs to 
lock in these girls. She needs to take, you know, advantage of the people in the house and really try to push forward for the longevity of this game. Remember, she's also been weakened. She's been in the bottom tier of the house. But if she can work her way up and just kind of coast in that middle and do the same thing like we say Carol should do, just ride the coattails until you have to start winning comps and making big moves. Because even when you get to the end, there's still big players. You take down a couple big players, that's a huge chunk that you can put into your jury speech, even though they'll cut you short like they told me. But as long as you have some stuff under your belt, then you should be fine. I think she's not in a horrible position, but it could be a lot better. Does she have the juice to have incredibly strong, influential, genuine connections or more, you know, good connections? You won't put me up, I won't put you up. I don't think so. I think it'll be a you don't put me up, I don't put you up. And then she's got to basically be very, very careful and selective with what words she uses with which house guests. I think she needs to be very, very careful that she doesn't end up in Vanessa's position. That's her best shot at digging her way out of this. All righty, then. Let's talk about our final player and a player that you like, Anthony, Brooke. I saw on your Twitter you are officially standing Brooke. Brooke and Sheldon, honestly, just give them a room and let them sit across from each other and play Connect Four all day because they're meant for each other. So <laughs> what are we thinking about Brooke, man? You know, when I saw her interview, I wasn't really buying it. You know, I liked the fact that she knew a lot about the game and she understood there's a lot of downtime. That part I did like, but she's taking me by surprise. She's she's playing the game. Yeah, she's playing the game. I think she's a realist and an opportunist. And I think that she saw opportunity to join forces with somebody who she thought was powerful. And she hit her shot. And right now, a couple people are starting to see her as, yes, a problem, but they won't go against Sheldon because a few people, if they mention Sheldon's name, they're going to be like, oh, no. And nobody wants to go against Brooke. You're going to have to go against Sheldon. I don't think Brooke has a lot of people who will take a shot at her because she is protected i think she's in a good place right now and i think she's got to do the same thing that she's been doing the whole time obviously she's feeling sheldon i'm not sure if it's reciprocated i don't think so i don't think it's reciprocated i think sheldon is stone cold steve sheldon (laughs) stone cold steve sheldon i think he is literally there trying to play this game the best that he can but brooke is starting to catch feelings and hopefully sheldon takes full advantage of that hey sheldon said in his bio his favorite kind of girl is the one that gets him closer to a hundred thousand (laughs) dollars that's my man right there So with Brooke, Sheldon is a great ally for Brooke. It's your number one, and it's also a very powerful person. You're going to go very far with Sheldon. Ultimately, Brooke will have to cut Sheldon at some point, and I'm pretty sure Sheldon would probably cut Brooke at some point too, unless he felt very confident beating her at the end. My question is, should Brooke be bringing in other people to make like threes and foursomes with Sheldon? Because she still is in this, well now, VBS alliance. Let's replace Kyle here. Let's get somebody else going. Yeah, I mean, it's never a problem to bring in new players. You just got to feel around and see who's best for your squad. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Brooke and Sheldon do have a good relationship, and they do share a lot of shit, but they don't share everything. So you're going to bring in a third and possibly a fourth. I think you have to be undeniably solid with somebody. Which name comes to mind? John Luke, baby. Don't, don't, let, don't, yo, don't let him fool you. John Luke could win competition. He's also in a position where he has an ear to other people. This whole image of where everybody's at in his house. If he plays on that and carefully chooses who he's going to talk to, he could swing votes easily. He's definitely a, would be a, a big addition to any of the teams, especially considering he's built the relationship with Sheldon. Albeit, I don't think he realizes how huge a move that was, and he'll probably find out later on in time. But unbeknownst to him, he just pulled off a very good move. Straight. 100%. All right, Dougie. Well, this wraps up our player recap. I do have a little fun rapid fire for you. Okay. And that is, who do you think is going to win Big Brother Season 8? Sheldon. Who do you want to see win Big Brother Canada Season 8? Who is your dream final two? Maddie and Brooke. And who do you think will actually make it to final two? Sheldon and Carol. And final question, who is the most underrated player right now? John Luke. Dougie, thank you so much. Really appreciate all this. This wraps up episode 12 of The Mark D Show. To check out my other episodes, make sure to go to my social media, The Mark D Show, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We talk about what it takes to win Big Brother and different pieces of advice to know before going on the show. This is not an easy show, and it is important to listen to those episodes. Also, make sure to follow Anthony on Instagram. His handle is Dougielicious. That's 
D-O-U-G-Y-L-I-C-I-O-U-S. Get ready for next Sunday as we discuss week four and all the shenanigans that go down inside the house with the one and only Peter Brown from season one. I'm really excited and I hope you are as well. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you guys next Sunday. Please stay safe and stay healthy. Cheers. Cheers.